right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Craig. Um, we used to do kind of intros and everything, but we've been getting more voicemails, and so that's what we're kind of doing uh, at the beginning of each episode when we get those. So we will go ahead and uh, jump right into that. Let me pull that up here. We were having a little bit of a technical issue before with playing this, so let's uh, kind of cross our fingers and hope that this works this time. And... What's going on, fellas? Um, you already know who this is. I, I only have another almost three minutes due to your groovy answer machine. But it's the day after the um, Air Force game. Uh, I, I guess the Super War has begun because you have Team Spate and you have Team anybody else other than Old Corn. But, I mean, sloppy game. Um it's almost if you say something about the team, you're evil, as opposed to addressing concerns. And if you you accept it, you don't really expect much out of the team. I don't I don't I don't know what a happy medium is, but they're three and zero. They're three and zero. So Purdue Purdue is not a, a not not a walk in the park as I as I thought it would be. It's not a gimme. And then you, we got, you know, you got Michigan State, Penn State, and so on and so forth. I don't know. I don't, this team is is the defense carries a lot of the team, and I don't know what the situation is with Tariq Black as I'm sitting here on the phone. I know they've got Oliver and Nico in the in the wings waiting. Uh, Grant Perry and, and 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 Crawford. I don't know about those two either. They, I don't know. It's just so many questions. Um, Craig, you were right um, as far as as far as the um, the recruiting is on par. The recruiting is not bad. It's it's just you know I I just don't want fans getting into the, getting to the point where they say well next year is our year. It starts in 2018 when you got the guys right now. You know like as I've said, hoax guys. No, the reason I say hoax guys contaminate the product is because you still have some there. Some are good, but the one or two that aren't. You know, you can't have one without – you can't have, you know, guys like Hurst and all those and, – and not have Wilson State and other guys. So, we'll see what happens, man. I, I just – right now, I don't know. I don't know. This team is better than they're playing. Hopefully, they'll get it together. But from what I'm seeing, I don't know. The offensive line isn't really pushing people back. I don't know. So, we're, we're going to see, man. Love the team. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, to the character drops, I'm, I'm, I'm blue world order, man, but – it's, it's definitely cause for concern right now. It's cause for concern. And, you know, like I said, they're grown men. They're not kids, most of them. They're grown men. So, I don't know. I don't know what you all see that I don't, but it's cause for concern. So, I, I hope they do better. The play calling has to change. A lot of that is on Jerevno and Hamilton. And even Coach Harbaugh, he's not above um, being criticized. But they have to, something has to change, and something has to change quick, or they're going to lose two or three games. All right. Thank you, Stephen, once again for the call. We've been yeah, thanks, Steve. Yeah, and uh, we always appreciate hearing what the fans are thinking and what the fans are saying. Um, yeah, can definitely piggyback off of what he was saying because it's a lot of the way that 
uh, people are feeling where they recognize their issues and mm-hmm. we've already been talking about it. Uh, there wasn't as much talk about it after the first game because it, um, because here's, here's an interesting thing. Uh, actually, um, actually, you know, what? I'll wait a minute and let you give a reaction to the voicemail real quick. Cause I don't want to just like skip over the voicemail, but I got to remember to ask you a question once we're done with this. So okay. your thoughts on to what Steven said? Well, yeah, like you said, we're going to, in this show, we're going to break down, you know, stats and a lot of, there's a lot of statistical things that we, you and I are going to need to hash out and get out there to the fan base to let them know the frustration with this team. I, I think one of the things I'd like to point out about what he said there, and it's absolutely true, is this, it, to me, and I'm echoing what he's saying because I've, in a way, felt that is, he's wanting to say, there's room for improvement. This this team, even though the defense is cl- – there's facets of this team that is totally clicking very well, and it could be a playoff team, but there's one that's a really, really, really one that's needs improvement really, really bad, and you're going to need that one part to win maybe a game or two coming into, during the season, and you're going to need it to start clicking really quick. And that's his frustration in, in – he, what he's saying is, is if you remotely even talk about the the leader on the team, like Wilton Spade is, he's going to get that. And if you mention him and say, you know what, he had a bad game, he's not doing well, he you're going to get almost sucker punched in the gut by saying, don't talk about my quarterback like that. And it's just, you know, and maybe he's just saying, hey, you know what, this is times where you know what I he's just venting and Come being zero. frustrated yeah, like a lot of people are. Taste. And they just don't want to be bashed on, you know, social media just for doing that. I I understand not, you know, tweeting right exactly at the quarterback. I think that's ridiculous. I think there should be no doing that. But, you know, I can understand why people are frustrated. There's some really bad ones on Twitter. Like, he sucks. He's terrible. Get him out. You know, know, I've even seen the the F word used for him. And I'm like, that's just. uh, Like tweeting in general or tweeting at him? Yeah, tweeting at him and then just, just. Rude disrespect to Wilton Spate, you know, because he is a tough kid. He's a great kid. And I just, that part I hate. And you know what? And he's having a tough year, and I get it so far. But um, I think that's what Stephen's saying, and, you know, and I understand that. Yeah. It's It's a tough line that, you know, I don't want to ride the fence, but it's like this, you know, you don't. There's ways of going about being respectful of Wilton Spate, and then there's ways of saying, hey, you know what, this is what I'm seeing. Um, there needs to be improvement, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's um, – it's infesting every area of social media for Michigan because um, it's not just fans going – unfortunately – Unfortunately, it's happening. I mean, it's one thing to talk about it. I mean, we're, we're fans. We're going to talk about it. So anybody who thinks that it shouldn't be talked about, honestly, I'm going to throw a weird thing out there, and I'm not telling you not to, but I don't know why you listen to our show then. <laughs> because we're, we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, that's, that's what we're going to do each and every week. There's going to be good, and there's going to be bad with every single game. It's just uh, honest opinions, honest breakdowns, looking at stats and things like that. You, there are those who blindly follow the team and say that, um, and this is in general, this is not 
specifically talking to what Stephen said, um, but relates to it, um, where there will be people who blindly follow and say, the team will do no wrong, nothing is wrong, everything's fine. I think of that meme that you see out there where there's, there's that dog in the burning room, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is fine. Right, so, right. <laughs> uh, but then there are those people who are, I don't know, negative Nancy, whatever you want to call them, and they just always talk, complain and everything like that. But um, it's not just fans going after players or fans going after coaches, fans going after fans. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, the a good thing to take away from it, and I've seen a lot of people say it, and I thought of it myself too, but, you know, it's kind of like, when we can start complaining about some of these things or people can start being concerned, then you know that Michigan is back where it's supposed to be. Right. You know, where they're supposed to be winning every game or most every game where they're supposed to be competing with everybody else and things like that. So I guess if you're looking for something good to take away from it, you can look at that. But yeah, it's, it's been fierce out there. So it sure has. And I think a lot of people are just saying, Hey, you know what? Look how good this team would be if we had, let's say, Will playing like he did last year, and you know we'd be a playoff team. And I would say, yeah, for sure, because everything else is clicking. But uh, you know, you and I will talk about that. But um, there's a lot to. I think there's a lot more going on besides just him, and so that's why I'm kind of tempering my critique a little bit more and more the more the games are going on about him. So, but you and I will get to that sooner or later. Yeah. All right. You know, here's the question that I had. Um, sure. Thanks again, Stephen, for the voicemail. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, how would you rank? I'm kind of. Uh, it might be a little bit too difficult to just randomly bring it up and split it offensively and defensively. So, as a whole, for Michigan's performance in the three games, how would you rank them? Best game to worst game? How would you rank them so far? I'm kind of curious what you would think. Hmm, man. Boy, you're really putting me on the spot. I know I am. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say the first game was probably our best game, even though we'll threw two picks. Okay. And a lot of people are like, that's terrible. <laughs> threw two pick sixes. That's got to be his worst. I'm going, yeah, and I get that. But I'm also looking at how he came back in the second half and started playing a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had some overthrows and he had some miscues. And he wasn't the best, but he was better. And that's probably one of the best I've seen him do after that, after being down. Two pick sixes, it's really tough to win games after that. And he actually did, and we did well. Um, and you and I were at the Cincinnati game, so I will say the Cincinnati game I thought was the worst, um, just because um, I just didn't think we could move the ball at all. I just literally offense was, you know, and the you know he had the the play calling was bad, was a lot of booze, and then I would take the Air Force a little bit better because there was no interceptions. Um, also, the reason the Cincinnati game was bad, I think we had uh, what two fumbles just or. Um, fumbles or almost we had one fumble on a handoff or something like that just things like that really that bad but uh i would say that um that was probably the worst game and then air force would be my second so yeah, um, yeah. i 
I feel the same way. I feel like Florida's uh, was the best performance, even with those turnovers. Yeah, I know. And so then that, the yeah. Air Force, then Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of interesting to see because that's a lot good. of times you look at it and you feel, and of course that's a range of different opponents. Oddly enough, though, Florida being the toughest opponent, we believe had the best game. Yeah. Um, but. Usually you look at it and you're like, okay, this team's just going to get better week to week, and they have that potential to still do to do that. But to come off the high of the first week, to go to the low within these first three weeks against Cincinnati, and then see a bit of an improvement to Air Force. I will say this: mm-hmm. something interesting I saw that I have not been able to confirm. Yeah, I saw um, just some media talking head person. I can't remember who it was. Um, state that people need to kind of chill with Wilton Spade a little bit because they said that his starting with the Cincinnati game was actually the first time that he had a plus touchdown to interception ratio in like the last five games he started. Okay. I need to go back and look at that. It's, yeah. It was a busy weekend. For those of you who don't know, uh, Craig and I did not make it to the game. Craig himself was sick. I had sick kids, uh, so we didn't make it to the game. Uh, and so I was busy helping with family and everything, so I did not get as much research in as I wanted to with some of these extra numbers here. But I do want to look into that because that would be very interesting because we know that he did struggle last year as well. Um, but there have been the rough patches this year. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at – at least this year's games, and he had the one touchdown, two interceptions for Florida. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions, and then Air Force was nothing. No touchdown, no interception. Which, I mean, no turnovers is better than some turnovers. So, Yeah, I'll have to look at the Cincinnati game um, as well. But this is an interesting in stat, and you and I are really going to dive into these stats because these stats are alarming to us, and that's why everybody's being nervous. Because if you think about it, is our offense there's there's a lot that needs to be taken care of quickly because we we got a lot of tough teams coming up. But I mean, look at this, look at this stat. It's pretty interesting. You take and, and it goes off of what you're talking about. That question: Florida, Cincinnati, and Air Force. You take Michigan in the red zone rushing. We had nine carries for 29 yards, okay? You go to Cincinnati game rushing, this is red zone, five carries for nine yards. You take the Air Force game, we had five carries for zero zero yards, okay? Now let's go to the passing, all right? Passing, Michigan in the red zone so far, or the Florida game, zero for four, zero yards Cincinnati zero for two zero for two zero yards Air Force one for seven one yard (laughs) wow I mean that that's why you got a lot of Michigan fans that are nervous we're talking we're here's the total yards by the way Florida 13 plays in the red zone, 29 yards. Cincinnati, 7 plays, 9 yards. Air Force, 12 plays, negative 1 yards. (laughs) And you're telling, and we're supposed to say 
to Michigan fans, oh, it's okay. I mean, we're going to be just fine. Well, we might be. I'm just saying by th- th- three games, we're not fine. There's something there, there's got, we got to get better. We just have to on the offense. So yeah, for the, for anybody who's saying that's ridiculous for anybody to have any level of concern, I yeah. think is outrageous. Yeah. Because like those numbers you just stated, there is absolutely room for concern. Is, is there a chance to, for the team, like we said, to get better week by week? Yes, absolutely. But, it's a little al- alarming, and yes, we know defense wins championships, but you also know that we're going to be facing defenses that are better than Cincinnati and Air Force, and those were two home games right? for Michigan. So it- it's concerning, and we're we're not going to talk about it now, but Purdue looks a lot better than anybody anticipated they were going to be this year. Uh, I never count out rivalry games, Michigan State or Ohio State. Never count them out. I don't care if Michigan State went winless last year. I would never count them out. We already talked about the high level of offense Indiana has with uh, their defense doing a little bit more. Penn State looks strong this year, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought they were uh, maybe going to come off that emotional high from last year. Uh, But then also, like, almost every game this year, you could look at it and be like, man, you know, it's there's something to be looking there where, yeah, if something goes wrong, if enough things go wrong, that could be a loss. Oh, yeah. Because Minnesota is doing different things with P.J. Flack. Maryland took down Texas and has been playing at a high level. And then we're on the road and we're at, at Wisconsin. So, yeah, it's there's room for improvement. And we were talking on Twitter earlier today. I I don't know enough to be able to and, and I this is really honestly something where you have to be in the conversation in the know but yeah. how is spate adjusting to things with uh new operations under the offense yeah with Pep Hamilton yeah yeah is it mm-hmm. is it causing that much of a problem or something like now now of course that's not me trying to wipe things away and say none of this has been spate's fault Spate has made some bad decisions. He's made some bad throws, but every single quarterback in college does. So part of the thing is, okay, is is there more to the play calling than we know of? Because there have been other times, too, where we've seen where it's just you scratch your head and ask yourself, why did they decide to go with that play? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. When it's a long third down and you have a shallow cutting route. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yep. I guess I, I guess if the defense falls back, and, yeah, there there have just been questionable things. So oh, yeah. how how much has that contributed? It it's fair question. Oh, of course it is. I mean, and you're talking about that Air Force game. You know, there's certain ones that you just kind of say, especially in the Air Force game. I think that was a little bit of eye opener in a way that, to me, I, here's what I thought. I thought Florida. Wilton came back and did reasonably well. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over, even though he had the two pick sixes. But then Cincinnati, you know, you and I were there, and we obviously saw him overthrow guys that were wide open. Receivers are wide open and things like that. And we thought he's just not having a good game. But then Air Force came along, and it seems like to me watching that game that it felt more like I was taking a little bit of burden off Wilton Spade's shoulders and putting it on 
there's some bad play calls in this game too. You know what I mean? And it was usually I was looking at Spade and his footwork and what he's doing. His mechanics are seem to be a little bit off, and maybe that's because of Pep Hamilton and the way he works. And maybe we just have to wait another year, wait this year, and he's he's new too. So, but then again, I was like. Okay, I can get I can get my head around Pep Hamilton, but then again, I'm looking at Drevno and the, these play calls, and I'm going, these aren't very good. Like you were saying, they're just not. We're not using the tight ends as much, you know. We're not using them at all. We're only we're only using those, um, like most of the field, and then we get to the red zone, we don't use them at all. Um, we don't use you know, slants or anything like that. We do fade corner routes to Perry and things like that. And I'm going, why him? Why would you do a throw like that? Hasn't worked at all for the past three games. And yet we keep throwing that and he overthrows it. So that's not working. So why do we keep doing it? The play calls have been atrocious. I mean, haven't you seen that? That's obviously been pretty bad too. Yeah. Those stand out pretty blatantly. So (laughs) yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, Man, there was something else I was going to say with that with the play calling. Um, it's been – I feel like we're almost kind of on repeat each and every week because yeah, then we can talk about the performance of the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Week one – wasn't it week one uh, we were saying that they had really good pass protection, but then their run blocking was poor, and then it flip-flopped yep. for the Cincinnati game? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, trying to think. Uh, I mean, it was a rough, rough day for them yesterday too. I mean, like they had their moments, but then in key times, like you'll note, uh, somebody did a really good job of capturing it and putting it on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but there was the uh, in the red zone. One of the times that Michigan got in the red zone before they got um, had to take a field goal. They were doing a passing play, and the offensive line just broke down, and somebody ran right up the middle. So the passing play completely bombed because there was no time to even let the play uh, progress long enough for anything to develop. Yeah. So in some of those key moments, and going back to how you were talking about the red zone efficiency, it makes a big difference. And it was it was great to see – uh, Higdon with his run and everything, and I even said on Twitter, it's like, yay, Michigan finally gets an offensive touchdown. And then you get the realization that they weren't even in the red zone, so it doesn't even help their efficiency. Right. Yeah, well, they weren't, by the way. I think they were just outside the 20. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have those big plays. Like, big plays that score points, I mean, are just as effective as scoring in the red zone, but it becomes concern when you get that close to the end zone, but you can't follow through and put seven points up on the board. Yeah. The defense, you know, squeezes in, you get the secondary all moving in like a couple yards out and, you know, it's really, you know, I could see why it's tough, but you're absolutely right. You're talking about right now, Michigan's, offense and what we're scoring we're literally what are we tied we're just a little our offensive touchdowns of now what almost as equals as our defensive touchdowns and our special teams that's not good (laughs) i mean it's crazy but you're right it's like here's what i say we we've become we've relied on this offense with the big plays 
it reminds me of the Hulk years with Devin Gardner, where we would, we would use bombs and throw bombs and and, and long run uh, plays to score touchdowns. But once you get into the ten five yard line, we can't score. Yeah. That's very concerning, and we're going to need to do that against the better teams that are coming up. Uh, those are the, but those are the times you're like you you have to score, you have to score here. And what are you going to do when you don't? You can't rely on twenty five yard runs to score. You can't rely on. 50 yard, you know, chucks in the air to buy spate and see if one of the receivers comes down with it to score. We can't do that. We have to have uh, red zone five yard runs like we did last year, and I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. And so much is being relied on or put on the shoulders of the defense, which it's great to have the defense, but you don't want it to be their game to control. Uh, here are some numbers for uh, how the scoring has broken down. Mm-hmm. For offensive touchdowns through the three games, there have been 35 points scored. 33 points for those three games have been scored by field goals. And then 30 points have been scored by the defense or special teams. Man. That's a lot of threes. Yeah, well, every that's almost. I mean, that's what five points separating uh, the top of that list to the bottom. So the offensive offensive touchdowns are barely outscoring field goals and barely outscoring the defense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where I'm like, you should see a heavy favorite in offensive scoring over defensive scoring and special teams. So yeah. Now. a uh, few numbers here. The defense, total defense is raking fifth for Michigan. Total offense is tied at 72nd. And I'll say this, I've, I guess maybe this is a good place to say it. I've been a, leer, a little leery, a little hesitant on Michigan being ranked as high as they are in the top 10. I yeah. do feel like 10 is appropriate right mm-hmm. there kind of on the edge of things because they have I believe that they we have a defense almost top to bottom that can take anybody on and uh, compete with them all day secondary you know there are definitely concerns and we'll have some things to address here with the Air Force game uh, but we've got a great defense we've got no, oh, yeah. no doubt. I mean, I just said it was uh, ranked fifth, a top 10 defense. Is the offense that is making the difference on why people are questioning and why I'm questioning if Michigan should be ranked in the top 10? Now, yes, it is early. I'm just saying it's a discussion piece. Michigan is up there. They're a good team. They, they absolutely have the opportunity to be able to kick this to the next level, kick it up a notch and be putting people away and the offense having better production. Yes, maybe this is an adjustment phase with Pep Hamilton and different things going on in the offense. Yep. But we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I have also heard a lot of people talking about Michigan not opening up the entire playbook, which I do believe is the case to a certain extent. They're not going to be throwing any crazy trickery out there if they don't really need to. But at the same time, it's like 
you realize how close some of these games have been? And yeah. you're telling me that they wouldn't go to some plays that they know would be more effective than the ones that they're running. Right. And then getting some of your players, like your quarterback, for instance, um, some of those guys that you that aren't ready, like a corn and getting Peters some playing time. This is what I was saying last. But say I say it every year. I'm going. These are the games we should be blowing out teams and getting these younger guys who are sitting on the bench to you know need to get playing experience, especially Peters, to get him ready for next year or year after start. And he's he's sitting there on the bench. He hasn't even remotely even started and you know played. And he would if we were blowing teams out. And I'm going. This is some a cause for concern i mean look we're like you said we're our ratio is one for ten in the red zone right okay well you know how many points that is that's 36 points left on the board that's that's a lot of points mm-hmm. <laughs> and 36 points in three games is a lot of points and we are one for ten and that's not good it's just not so yeah and the level of competition that we're going to be facing specifically pointing out uh, the past two games and that I might add at home is yeah. not going to get any easier. There's only one game that I look at further down the schedule that I would say should be easier than the two opponents that we face. And that's Rutgers. Right. But they put up a good fight against Washington. So who's to say what, uh, level of competition that they bring to things. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we are right now, our pass off, our passing offense right now is, uh, we're about 80, 85th in the country and passing per game in yards per game when passing. And that's dreadful. I mean, it's not good. That's not where Michigan should be. So, and I get it's a young team. I mean, we're going to keep you and I seem like we're always bringing that up. Like it was the last show we did, but that's got to improve something like that. I mean, it really does. Yeah. I mean, right now we're, we were at the 78th in, in red zone in the country. Okay. Before this, Air Force game. We've now dropped to 128th in the country. That's right behind uh, Georgia. Georgia Southern is better than us in red zone efficiency. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I haven't really paid attention to this, and now I'm opening it up. And uh, okay. Here are some numbers for you in the red zone. So in the opponent's 20-yard line to the goal line for these three games, there have been 13 passing attempts by Wilton Spate, and he has had one completion. That's just over 7%. Yeah. No touchdowns, no interceptions. The rating, his quarterback rating, for that is 7. So now... You want to hear the highest area that he has for quarterback rating is between is the opposite end of the field. So between Michigan's 20-yard line and their goal line. He's had 
five attempts and four completions. That's 80%. And he's got 94 yards, and the rating for that is 237. Yeah, there you go. Well, but, we just said. Yeah, so then uh, his, the next the next closest one, um, it's interesting. Mid, midfield, he does pretty good. Um, yeah. And he, uh, his next worst isn't really too bad. But, yeah, the Reds, I mean, look at the difference in that number. <laughs> insane. Astonishing. And, it, and the thing is, is you and I, when we watch, we've seen these games, it feels very vanilla, doesn't it? I mean, it feels very, uh, it's like you're talking about, they haven't even opened up the playbook, you know that. They can't get to the playbook because I think this is a young team, you know, and I'm wondering – but then again, I always go, you know what? Wilton Spade is not, and this running team is not. So it, the receivers are, and I get that. Um, I'm just wondering why we don't use the tight ends more like we used to. And I'm wondering why uh, some of these plays just feel very vanilla to me. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. these feel very, I don't know, just simple, very well, simple. Yeah, well, when we've used the tight ends, I feel like they've done well. Oh, great. I mean, we've seen what Gentry's done, uh, McKeon. I'm I'm really high on the potential of what McKeon can do. So, you banks, you in that uh, first game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's things. I'm wondering why we don't go to that well as much in the red zone. Why aren't we using those big mismatches like Gentry and Eubanks and, like you said, McKeon and those guys? So. It is puzzling. It really is. Um, you and I aren't coaches, and, you know, we got to understand. I, I, I guess this would be my question to you, and it's a really interesting question, is do you feel – seems like Jim Harbaugh obviously is getting more and more frustrated, and do you feel like he's more and more frustrated with the fan base or he's more and more frustrated about what's going on with these numbers on the offense, and he's trying to – you know, be loyal to Wilton Spate, but does he maybe underlying see that, you know, that maybe he's not getting it done mentally? And so. Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say because so many people recognize myself included that Harbaugh is really good with quarterbacks. So, you you just kind of look at it and you're like, okay, well, Spate, you know, has plateaued, or at least so it seems. And so you're kind of looking at it and thinking, okay, we have these quarterbacks behind them that were recruited and recruited at a high level and everything, and you have to have the belief that they're putting the best player on the field. Right. How how do these two things line up? Right. How do you have this player who appears to have plateaued um, struggling so much and the amount of talent behind him supposedly not capable of competing with him? It, it's, I don't know. It's crazy. It's questionable. I, <sighs> week by week, it changes. It goes up and down. I still think that spate has talent but everything i always go back to is consistency there is just not right any consistency with spate this year so i don't know 
what is all contributing to it? Like you said, maybe is it mental? Is it the new play? Uh, is it yeah. the plays that are being called? Is it dealing with uh, Pep Hamilton and that transition? Neither of us are close enough, and I don't think anyone who is close enough is going to share that information. No, I agree, and you're absolutely right. As you and I especially don't. I mean, we can only go by what we're you know observing, so we give our two cents, and you go with it. I, to me, I think the frustration is because the potential of Spate playing well is there because we saw it last year. He, you know, he played very at times very well, and so. That's what I think it's puzzling and getting the fans maybe a little bit riled up is they saw it last year. Where is it this year? And so, and maybe do you see frustration in Harbaugh, not towards Spate, but just that maybe Pep Hamilton has a different way of coaching that's throwing Spate off or has Spate, you know, hit that plateau to where maybe Harbaugh's trying so hard for him to be like Rudock or something like that. And so everybody's like saying, where's that guy in spade? But, but he's different, you know, he's not him. So we're trying to make him, I feel like to me, maybe the fan base and even I are, you know, maybe we're trying to pound a square peg into a round hole, you know, when it shouldn't even go in that hole, you know what I mean? And so maybe spade is his own kind of player. Maybe he, he was better without Pep Hamilton last year if we had the right, you know. It, maybe Pep Hamilton isn't the the coach for him. Maybe he just coaches a different way that that, that Wilton Spate and we're all, and they're trying to put on a game face and say everything's cool, and maybe it's not. Maybe they just say, hey, you know what, there are two different ways of playing and coaching, and and that's, you know, maybe we're just going to have to deal with it this year, but we're not getting anything. So we're just kind of going by what we think. Yeah, it's it's a lot to take in, a lot to say. I and on the outside looking in, it's we can't really give any more than what we've talked about. Really, I mean, Pep Hamilton did a didn't he have that good success with? Um, yeah. Wow. Why am I blanking now? Andrew Luck uh, at Indianapolis. Yep. Yeah, he's part of uh, Harbaugh. I mean, he's been coach, been coaching with Harbaugh a long, you know, a long time back in the Stanford days. But yeah, no, you're right. So, but that's what I'm saying is, you know, we might be so quick to blame Wilt and Spade and saying, "Hey, you're playing bad. It's you. You're terrible. Whatever." But but maybe it's just like him saying, "Hey, this new system or this new way of coaching that Pep Hamilton has that we want to continue with for years to come." just doesn't fit Wilton, you know, and, and that's okay. I mean, I understand that. It's just maybe not working out. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing my two cents out there. Yeah. Good questions. Good to uh, bring up. And before uh, we're actually getting uh, pretty deep in our time here, I didn't realize how long it had already been. Um, something else to mention, because we were talking about how well the defense has been performing. And, uh, yeah, they've had their hiccups. I mean, you know, no one – uh, in college football is really batting a thousand, but there was the one breakdown, and, and th- that's the thing that Air Force is really good about. And it, they they got us once, and it got them seven points up on the board, 
but that's basically the point of uh, well, not the point, but a major point of their triple option is yeah. to have you so focused and so um, putting so all of your resources into defending their run game that they catch you and break your secondary for a passing touchdown, and they burn us once. Right. Uh, that's part of the reason why I was saying how the defense has been great and there is still a little bit concerned with the secondary, but yeah. uh, they caught us on that. That's, uh, I think, I feel like the secondary with all the pieces that were lost last between last year to this year is doing rather well. Yeah, that happened. Like I said, it's Air Force and that's some of their trickery that they kind of work with and everything. But really then when you look at it, I mean, if you want to look at the stats for that, it's pretty impressive thinking that um, they only completed one for seven passes. That one did go for 64 yards and a touchdown, unfortunately, but uh, that was a job well done because with the difficulty the triple option brings, they can always try to throw in more passing in there to catch you off guard, and the defense did a good job with that. And so only 64 passing yards for Air Force, uh, but then 168 rushing. Well, comparing those to the Michigan numbers, had 169 passing yards for Michigan and 190 rushing yards. Yeah. Talking about those stats real quick, I'll just touch on these because we had our lock, lock it or dumping from last week. Uh, score predictions, Craig, you and I were pretty close. I had 31 to 17. You had 28 to 17. So you landed a little bit closer because it was 29 13. Uh-huh. Yep. Kudos. Congratulations. Well, I just, until I saw a little bit more offense, um, yeah, that's why I went with the lower number. So, yeah. Yeah, give give you a little uh, Ric Flair there. <laughs> yeah. Very- I think that may be a, one of our closest to an actual, uh, to the exact score. Yeah, uh, that we've had for over the past three years, but then we had the locker dump it. We had over two fumbles. Uh, the defense will force over two fumbles, and we both locked it. There wasn't a single fumble from Air Force, so that was a little surprising. I thought with all the uh, option and everything that they would uh, botch one up, and then the uh, there was an interception though. Then we had someone other than Ty Isaac will get 100 rushing yards. That turned out to be a dump because Isaac didn't even break 100 yards. He had the highest at 89. You dumped it, Craig. I locked that. Mistake on my part. Uh, There will be two or more passing touchdowns for Michigan. And obviously, I don't think anybody needs to be reminded that that was a dump because there was not a single passing touchdown for Michigan in the game, which... Craig, you and I both dumped. took, yep, yeah. took a big dump with that one. Yeah, sure did. Not a good one either, though. That's the problem. I was hoping I'd be wrong on that one. But. Yeah, wishful thinking, seeing yeah. how things go. So, um, did you have? Oh, we've got a little bit more time to. Too, but I definitely want to mention a little bit with the other scores from the Big Ten Conference. So, any other major thoughts about the Air Force game? I know we got into a lot of specific details, so we didn't touch on uh, a lot of overall numbers, but. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, Air Force came out really quick and um, strong. And in fact, I almost thought in the first half we're going to literally go through a, f- a whole first half without even a pass by Air Force. But I knew after halftime, Air Force was going to have to air it out, and that's where that touchdown came from. And that was a great threading, uh, you know, the needle right there in that pass. So, and you get burned when you have a secondary move up like that like Michigan did, which they should have, you know, he uh, snuck that one right in there, and the guy was wide open, nothing but green after that. But, uh, yeah, Air Force is a good team. They really are. They, You know, they got a lot of things going on, but our defensive line, our linebackers were sick. I mean, Devin Bush was excellent. Kalee Cutson was amazing. Um, but uh, to see those guys on fire, man, they, they really ball out. So. Yeah, lots of good things still with the defense. And Donovan Peoples-Jones. Oh, yeah, you got to mention that. With the punt return. Yeah. Wow. How beautiful was that? After the game he was that you and I were at at Cincinnati, he had a little, you know, dud of a game. But you know what? He was young. You know, he's just getting his feet wet, maybe a little bit nervous and returning punts and kick returns. Fabulous returner in high school, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and you saw the speed and elusiveness in that return, man, that was great to see. Yeah, that was very awesome. Great play. Um, Because there were years, almost felt like a decade, that Michigan was unable to do something like that. So it's fun to see that uh, back-to-back years. But uh, we do not have one information that we saw some people talking about and asking about. We don't have the information. We might have it for next episode. Like I said, there were some things I wanted to look up that I just can't, didn't get a chance to. But there were some things about players with injuries and things like that. We don't have injury updates at this time. I think there's information out there. You might be able to find it. But we will try to touch base on that next week before – or not next week, next episode before the Purdue game. So sure. be looking for that. What we will go ahead and do then is jump into um, – Talking about the other scores for the Big Ten Conference. Let me pull up the information. It was kind of a meh, meh weekend for the Big Ten. There was some good. There was some bad. Things did not start off on the right foot as Illinois lost to South Florida. I mean, South Florida is ranked 22nd, so it was kind of uh, odds not in their favor. Michigan again, 29-13 win. Nebraska having an ugly loss against Northern Illinois. It was a close game, though, 21-17. to uh, Rutgers pitching the shutout. Wow. How about that? Interestingly enough, yes. Uh, with the score of 65-0, to putting up a lot of offense there as well. Iowa still rolling uh, 31-14 to over North Texas. Minnesota winning. Uh, they hosted Middle Tennessee. That was 34-3. Uh, number 10, Wisconsin, uh, went out to play BYU, and they won 40-6. Purdue, Michigan's next game, uh, who has been on a relatively kind of a hot streak. I mean, uh, they haven't won every game, but they've been playing at a high level. They beat SEC Missouri 35-3. to so very impressive with that there. Ohio State facing another triple option, another uh, military yeah. military school there. Number eight, Ohio State taking down Army 38-7. to 
Penn State, another shutout for the Big Ten. Number five, Penn State, 56-0 over Georgia State. And Northwestern, 49 points to Bowling Green, 7 points. There was also a game canceled as Indiana was supposed to face off against FIU. Yeah. So, any uh, quick reactions from any of that there, Craig? Yeah, how – I mean, we're talking, uh, you know – the Nebraska game. I mean, that's just man. That program's really, really, really struggling right now. It's, they lost to Northern Illinois, I believe. Um, and then the A uh, athletic director coming out and saying how disappointed he was in that game. And I'm like, wow. You know what? For you want to talk about criticism? There you go. When your athletic director or your the head guy comes out and says something. <laughs> That's not good. So, yeah, yeah, no, not good at all. I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, they got uh, a lot of issues going on. So, yeah, Nebraska has not been playing Nebraska football esque for a little while. I mean, they've had their moments, they've had their seasons. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as uh, consistency or anything like that, it has been a little rough for them. So, yeah. Yeah, anything that you saw out of those games? So, uh, Well, I mean, like I said, uh, Penn State's been playing better than I thought they would. I mean, everybody was really high on them, so um, they've just been playing a little bit better than I thought. I mean, it's tough to say with some of the opponents that they've uh, faced. But, yeah, I mean, really, I think everyone will talk about the surprise that has been Purdue. So we'll be talking about them more in our next episode previewing Michigan's yep. game this next weekend. Yep, yep, you're right. But um, well, you know what? It, it's interesting is with Michigan. Um, you know the narrative being that they're a young team. But um, I want to throw one more stat at you just real quick before everybody goes. Before we go, but uh, and it's really interesting is our past defense. Uh, yards allowed, yards attempt, passer passer efficiency allowed, completion completion percentage, were all above twenty in the country. Okay, and their rushing defense, yards per game allowed, yards per rush, tackles for loss, total defense were fifth in the country, and we're all above ten, tenth in the country in all those listings. Our pass offense and our rushing. Pass offense is about mm, eighty-five around there, and we're uh, we're about eighty-fifth in the in the country when it comes to pass passing yards per game. So, kind of tells you something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you can. So, so when I hear when I'm saying that is, and then our rushing offense is you know per, yards per game is forty-second in the country. What I'm saying is. Remember, we're talking about the the defensive line is the youngest. We only have one returner coming back, and they're playing lights out. And our secondary is actually playing very, very well according to these numbers. So, so when I hear, well, it's a young team, we're not very good. Well, the defense is doing really well, and that's a very young team. <laughs> so, yeah, the defense. So- the defense is pulling it, so what's the hold up with the offense? I mean, it really is starting to just look like Don Brown knows how to take young kids, 
and get him playing and doing well and knows exactly what he's doing. And the offense seems to be struggling. And I don't know if it has to do with coaching. Maybe it does. I mean, I'm, there's something to say with these numbers here. There really is. And this, and the numbers don't lie. So there's some things that have got to change. I don't know what it is, but uh, I trust Jim Harbaugh will do that. So. Yeah, we'll have to watch moving forward. So uh, a few final things here before we let you guys go. As always, if you guys want to contact us, bluebrothersportscast at gmail.com. Twitter at bluebros underscore then our names. So Caleb or Craig. And if you want to do a, a voicemail like uh, Stephen called in and did, uh, it appears uh, we're kind of capping things off around three minutes, still kind of looking to see if there's a solution for that. But you can call 551-258-3276. Easy to remember because that is 551-BLUE-BRO. So we thank you guys, as always, for uh, tuning in. It's the beginning of the week, so we hope that things go off smoothly for you and that will be a quick return to the weekend so we can enjoy some more football. We'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue.